welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You are here. You are listening to us. Educated guests, you love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have, by request... Letters to Juliet. And if you're listening to us on Instagram, make sure you throw us a... Wait, you don't listen on Instagram. You follow on Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind. You can also follow us on TikTok, at Rom-Com Rewind. But you listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow and subscribe and do all that good stuff. We have a message from Natalie. She says, hi... She says, hi, Rom-Com Rewind. I'm currently listening to the podcast on a long drive home. I love the show. I was hoping you guys would be interested in doing an episode on the Broken Hearts Gallery. Thanks. Where's she going to or coming from? I don't know, but I did ask her what episode she was listening to, and she said The Holiday. Oh. Which was such a fun movie to do. That was a fun movie. Yes. Thanks for reaching out, Natalie. This week, we are Letters to Juliet, which is a 2010 romantic comedy directed by Gary Winnick. This is actually Gary's last film. He also did Bride Wars. He did 13 Going on 30. Gary unfortunately passed away in 2011. So this was his final film. Letters to Juliet is the story of Sophie. Amy Seyfried. Seyfried? Seyfried. I always say it wrong. I'll say it 10 different times during this podcast. (laughs) She's an aspiring writer who works for The New Yorker. She works as a fact checker, though, to be clear. She goes on a pre-honeymoon. Did not know those existed. Didn't know that. Uh, with her fiance Victor, that's uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Victor is in the process of opening a restaurant in New York. They travel to Italy to honeymoon in the city and countryside of Verona. And as Victor is kind of off making deals for his restaurant opening, Sophie stumbles upon a wall on Ver- in Verona where, you know, hopeless romantics, people who need help with love, they write letters to Juliet Capulet from the Shakespearean play because Verona was the, the setting for that play. And that kind of leads Sophie on this magical adventure of of love long lost love maybe what are your thoughts on letters to juliet verona italy where romeo first met juliet (laughs) there is a place where the heartbroken leave notes asking juliet for her help it was there i discovered a letter that changed my life forever i didn't go to lorenzo juliet I promised I'd meet him to run away together. But instead, I left him waiting for me. Please, Juliet, tell me what I should do. Love, Claire. It was written in 1957. I have to write back. May I ask which one of you wrote this letter to my grandmother? I wrote that. What were you thinking? She deserved an answer. Uh, Excuse me, Claire? Hi, my name is Sophie. Juliet. So you've come to find your Lorenzo. Yes. This is a great movie to watch for Valentine's Day. I was going to say, it is Val- Valentine's Week, maybe? It is Valentine's Week. Yeah, Valentine's Day was yesterday. Um, no, it's a super cute movie. We have had tons and tons of recommendations for this movie and requests. So we here we are. We are doing it. Um, this, I think, was the second time I've watched this movie. Uh, the first time, I think, was in 2010 when it first came out. Wow. And honestly, I couldn't quite... There were so many good movies around that time for rom-coms that... And this is kind of where they dwindled off, right? But I remember it, but I never remembered like the full movie. It was good. I I would watch it again. I I was happy watching it. I went through like ups and downs. I wept. I yeah, I did have two weep oh warnings. My God, I didn't me think too. I was gonna have two weep warnings, but oh, it just you know my best scene was a cry scene. Like I was crying, and Ooh. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so good." Maybe we have the same best scene. Oh, maybe we. Mine do. is also a weep one. Oh, okay. Um, I like this romantic comedy a lot. Um, mostly because it is like it is the story of Sophie. This movie yes. is mostly just us following around uh, Amanda Seyfried, and I think she is so uniquely compelling. Like, I mean, they they made all those Mamma Mia movies. That are the same thing. It's it's just about her, right? Which is great because she's a fantastic actress. She can hang on to the screen, if that makes sense. She has really powerful moments, and you just you want her to win so badly. Yeah, you love her. Yeah, like you you end up. She's so endearing. There is a a little bit of whimsy of a rom com being set in Italy, I think, and mm-hmm. I I really believe that the tone of this movie matches directly with the atmosphere of that setting. 
Yeah. Just like, you know, we just did Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's set in Hawaii. Resorty. It's fun. It's carefree. There's a lot of comedy. Um, there are a lot of zany characters. And I think that works for that setting. Italy. We have a 50-year-old letter lost to time that binds with this Shakespearean play from the 1500s in a city that's thousands of years old. It all just really, it meshes really, really well together with the setting and the storyline. It's very romantic. But it's very like old love, like Mm -hmm. classic love. Um, And with that said, though, I thought the love story was okay. Yeah, the the love story was okay. I was kind of hoping that there would be a deeper love because they were in Verona, the city of love. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted it to be such an epic love that they, like Romeo and Juliet, couldn't live without each other, right? Right. Like, I wanted, like, come on, push it, push it. I agree. And, and I do think that was lost a little bit, but I also think that that's okay because this story wasn't necessarily just about the love. Yeah. It was kind of Sophie's journey, mm-hmm. right? Her passion mm-hmm. for writing wanting to finish this story, wanting to learn more about it, understanding her relationship with Victor, maybe, or the the, the lack, lack thereof. thereof. Yeah, exactly. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So, yeah, the, the main like love story I, was I thought say. was lacking a tiny bit, but I think the rest of the story made up for it. Yeah, and I think she wasn't the only love story, right? Like the love story of Claire oh, and yeah. Lorenzo. See, I thought that was a more was compelling love story. Was that the epic love story? That was the epic love story. That was the Romeo and Juliet. The fact that, you know, 50 years later, they're still so in love that they show up. And then, oh. like, it's just an epic love story. Like, yes. it's just one of those, like, classic, never-ending loves. So, let's get to the movie. Okay, so they're going to Verona for their for their honeymoon. The whole trip, though, turns out to be a way for him to get his vendors for his restaurant. Yeah. He is a selfish, self. He's self-absorbed. Absorbed He's self-important. He's, yeah, it's all about him all the time. He doesn't listen to Sophie whatsoever whenever she has anything to say. Can we do a shout out to all the dudes already dating the main character in the beginning of a romantic comedy? They never last. No. And as soon as we meet Victor, I thought, oh, seems like a really nice guy. I wonder what his fatal flaw is that we will end up hating him. And therein lies the, they go to Italy on a pre-honeymoon, and he ends up just being, oh, babe, like, this this vendor for a winery wants to bring us to where, and it, it all just becomes a continuation of what was happening in, we're assuming, what was happening in New York, which was just him being obsessed about the restaurant, even though this is supposed to be their pre-honeymoon. This is supposed to be about them. It's about him and the restaurant. You know, yeah, the whole thing is. So she decides, you know what, I'm going to do my own sightseeing, and, um, stumbles upon this wall of where these women are like and and i'm sorry but like they're weeping they're like writing they're talking out loud they're like pinning these these letters to this wall and they're walking away bawling like it's a very emotional situation that she has stumbled upon and again it's a little dramatic (laughs) extremely dramatic she is an aspiring writer she's a fact checker for the new yorker but she really hasn't been given that chance to be a writer as we see in so many rom-coms she just needs that chance to show her stuff but she never gets it yeah so she sits there for quite a while writing in her journal and sees a woman come up to the wall and start taking off the letters and putting them in a basket and then kind of wandering. So, of course, she follows. What do you mean, of course? I would not be like, ooh, I'm going to follow that lady. Well, Sophie starts following her. It's well, weird. She wants to be a writer, right? <laughs> so? Well, that doesn't justify that. Okay, so you're saying she's creepy for following this random woman in Italy and Verona. We're gonna get. Yes. We're we're gonna talk more about Sophie following people. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> she, so she follows Isabella. It turns out that's her name, um, and follows her all up the stairs, all the way into an apartment. Which okay, that piece, yeah, it's a little weird. There's a restaurant. They go upstairs in the restaurant, and then they're just in an office beside the kitchen to this restaurant, and there are all these ladies yes. gathered around, you know, doling out the the letters that were written on the wall. To Juliet. Yes, and so uh, Sophie asks, like, what are you, what are you guys doing? And every day they're taken off the wall and brought to this place. The four ladies respond to all of the women's letters, which is amazing. They're hired by the city of Verona to write these, like, write replies to these letters that these women have wept over. Yeah, it is. It, it's so. It's very. It's very unique to Verona, right? Like that's a really cool. It is story. With that said, can I just can I just poke one hole? Yeah, yeah. 
and I'm going to sound like a classic pessimistic male right now, but why do we want to take relationship advice from friggin' Juliet from the Shakespearean play? Um, she was horrible mm-hmm. with love, guys. Yeah. She, like, I get it's romantic, but it's a romantic tragedy. Like, we all remember that she dies at the end. Most Shakespeare plays are tragedies. Yes. Actually, I think the majority, all of them are tragedies. She stabs herself <laughs> in the chest after yep. pretending to drink poison, for which Romeo then drinks real poison. Yeah. So he dies, and then you pretended to buy, but now you're actually dying, and we all collectively are like, hey, she's going to help me with my balding husband and how to reconnect in our love life. Like, come on now. (laughs) Well, I will say it is a quick, like it is a quick fact, but um, Juliet's secretaries really do exist. That's so cool. Yes. So I'll get more into that. So yeah, there are just these ladies who write back to all the people writing to Juliet. Yeah. And Sophie thinks this is like super epically cool. She's a writer. She is a writer. This is so fascinating. Absolutely. So she wants to know more. And, um, Isabella asks if she wants to stay for dinner and Sophie says no and Isabella's mother who I guess owns the restaurant in downstairs totally freaks out which honestly like I am part Italian and that is 100% true of how mm. it like an Italian household would be like if you don't want to eat or the amount of food that my mom sends down people's throats <laughs> without with like oh no i'm not hungry no you're hungry here you go oh you want some more okay i'll put you a whole new plate and it's like no no i'm good i'm good yeah mm -hmm." i told your aunt that i loved her lasagna once and she every time she comes to visit us she (laughs) makes me a full lasagna it's not even for you sarah it's for devin i know (laughs) it's hilarious he gets one every christmas too (laughs) and like they're they're homemade like pasta homemade everything like that yeah yeah from scratch it is hilarious. But as I'm watching this, I was like, oh, my God, this was totally my Nona. Like, yeah, 100%. No. Just we'd go to her house and she'd just keep feeding us. And I'm like, where are you getting this food from? <laughs> she says no. Sophie says, no, thank you. I'm not going to stay. But Isabella's mother says, well, you have to take something for your for your fiance. So she takes some dessert home for Victor. And Victor tries it and absolutely loves it, like goes bonkers. And this is kind of Sophie's way to get back in, really, because like. There would be no reason why she would go back other than, I don't know, being weird. So she goes back with Victor and Victor cooks with Isabella's mother for the day. And Sophie gets to go and help Isabella and the ladies write letters and take off the daily letters off of the wall. And this is where the story really starts. She randomly pulls a brick out of the wall. It's so strange. Like, it's been... All this time and nobody like noticed this brick. I, this loose brick. This loose brick. Um. So, you know, Sophie finds this this fifty year old letter. She brings it back to the secretaries of Juliet, and she reads this letter of a, a woman named Claire. She was in her teens, and she met a guy here in Verona named Lorenzo, and she's falling in love. But she knows her parents back home in England. She's British. Uh, they wouldn't like Lorenzo and all this stuff, and she doesn't know what to do, so she wrote the letter to Juliet, and that was 50 years ago, and we have no idea what happened. And all the secretaries around the table kind of take guesses at where they think Claire is now, and eventually Sophie says, you know what, Like, I I think I need to write back to Claire after all these years. So she writes a letter to Claire 50 years late. So she goes back the next few days and continues to write letters and help the ladies, and Claire's grandson, Charlie, comes waltzing in. Yeah, and says, the Claire. The Claire, like the Claire. She's about 75 years old now because I think she was 15 at the time that she was in, living in Italy. You're bad at math, aren't you? 15? 15? Yeah. 75? No. 65. Oh, 65. Oh, 50 yeah. 50 years and she's 15. That's 65. Oh, it would be 25, right? To be 75? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally going to leave this wow. in, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, fine. Sure 65. Although she looks older than 65. I was going to say, she might look a little older. Yeah. But I remember her saying that she was 15 when she came to yeah. Verona. Okay, so she's 65. Sorry, my terrible math skills. I even like did the math before this in my head. I was Are like, oh, you serious? Anyway, I really am not good at oh math. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, Charlie comes waltzing in. Very thoughtful letter. Now, what were you thinking? I was thinking that she deserved an answer. Yeah, 50 years ago, maybe, not now. I, I'm sorry, I didn't know true love had an expiration date. True love? Are you, are you joking? 
Could you imagine what would have happened if she hadn't seen sense? Well, yeah, you wouldn't be here, and that would be an upside. What are you doing here anyway? What? You're some lonely American girl who has to live vicariously through others? I'm not lonely. I'm engaged. Hmm. My condolences to the groom. Charlie is... Oh. So Charlie's character seems to be very pessimistic about love. He's very yes. analytical, very factual. I literally have a Debbie Downer. Yeah, right he there. is a Debbie Downer, and he explains to Sophie, you're an idiot. Why did you do this? <laughs> My grandma is literally here... Because you wrote back that letter and now she's convinced herself, I got to go find Lorenzo 50 years later. Which like, what would you do if like, if you wrote a letter and 50 years later you got a response and it was like, it was advice for the love of your life. Like, would you go for it? Like, like Claire does? Uh, probably. Honestly, yeah. probably. Because like, you know, at that point I'm guessing I'm retired. I probably don't have a whole ton going on. Oh so like, oh, a trip. A trip over here, you know, I can I can go back nostalgically to this place I visited when I was a teenager. And yeah, like this long lost love. I, I'd be curious. At the very least, be I'd be curious. curious. I was gonna say, what a gutsy move, you know? Like you show up somebody's door. What if what if his wife was still alive? Is it fate? Do you believe in fate? Ooh, I believe in serendipity. Ooh, I love you that do. movie. Ser- I know I, I, you do. I believe in funny coincidences. Okay. That like I don't think fate is driving us towards mm. something, but I think there are subtle little you know, pushes, uh, right? l- little nudges, little, hey, th- there's okay. a door open over here. You can take it if you want. That's not fate. That's just fate giving you a small option. Hey, interesting. the letter gets there. I wouldn't think that's fate. I would think, you know what? Not a bad idea, though. What, what have I got to lose? I'm a grandparent now. Yeah. I've lived my life. I'll go there. Maybe Lorenzo's not there. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's forgotten about me. Well, Who yeah. Cares? Like, what if you found out he, w- he was dead? Like, you literally have not talked to this man since you were 15. Like, okay, and what if you were Charlie? Like, I would look at it if my grandmother wanted to go on this adventure. I would think of what a cool opportunity to see what happens. Like, I don't know why Charlie, I don't know why Charlie's such a Debbie Downer about it. Like, you know? You're just along for the ride, I eh? am, 100%. Like Sophie, you're Sophie. Uh, exactly, yeah. 100%. Like, let me see what happens. What a fun adventure this would be. And what a cool story. Like, I know, you know, Sophie's a writer and that's kind of her her part in this. But just genu- genuinely, like, what a fun adventure to go on with your grandparent. And you kind of explained the next premise of the movie yeah. which was that Claire and Charlie they're gonna go around Verona searching for Lorenzo yeah. and Sophie I mean Charlie is very much against this <laughs> he totally is but Sophie <laughs> convinces Claire actually I, I forgot so yeah after Charlie leaves the secretaries of Juliet yes Sophie follows him yeah she does she follows him until he gets back to that wall and then Claire is there and Sophie barges in she introduces herself to Claire um, yeah, she's very forward she's very forward they ask, well, Claire asks, okay, well, like, where do you think we should go for dinner? Sophie invites her out with the <laughs> secretaries of Juliet. And then they, they all agree, hey, like, Sophie's going to tag along on this journey. Charlie and Claire are looking for Lorenzo. Sophie's going to write about it. Yeah. They're, they find out that there's 74 Lorenzos in the area. Lorenzo Bartolini's. Lo- full yes, name. Lorenzo Bartolini. And... um. This is kind of where Sophie's like expertise as a fact checker comes in, which is so funny because like, I mean, you would think that anybody could kind of get to that point. Well, do you remember how she freaking <laughs> figures it out? She draws yeah. a circle around Verona and she's like, all right, these are the only Lorenzos we're going to look for. Yes, now. because she asks Claire, like you were saying, you know, he would never leave the area because yeah. he loves like, you know, nature and, and the earth and, and whatnot. And she's He's like, yeah, farmer, he would right? never. Yeah, he would never leave. So she kind of says, OK. From this area, she uses her necklace, which, I mean, that is a coincidence. That must be like a just luck there. Um, you makes a circle. And those are the, I don't know, however many, 15, whatever, Lorenzos that they're going to go and find. So let's play a game. If we moved this exact same storyline anywhere in the world, yeah. what would be the name of the love interest that there would be so many of you wouldn't be able to find them? So, okay, I'm going to give you... A country of origin and you need to guess the most common given name and surname from that country okay so it's just common names yeah common like names if we wanted to redo lorenzo right yeah. right yeah. so lorenzo italy yeah there's like 74 of them where else in the world okay germany germany 
Um, gosh, I feel like I got to fall back on things I know. So there are a few German hockey players. Mm, that's a good one. See, you're drawing on sports. That's smart. See, sports. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say Hans as a first name. Okay. Last name. Oh, no. Okay. This is wrong. I'm going to say Hans Gruber. That might be the villain oh, for Die Hard, though. Oh, my God. Hans Gruber. I'm, yeah. It's definitely from a movie, for sure. <laughs> so it is not that. Okay. Um, it's Noah Mueller. Oh, Gruber, Mueller. I feel like I'm close. Sure. Okay. We'll go with that you're close. Kay. Okay. Okay, next up, Portugal. I Portugal. Love Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo is Portuguese, right? So I'm going to say last name Ronaldo, first name. Oh, shit. I was going to say Roberto, but that that's too. No, no, no. Somebody wouldn't be Roberto Ronaldo. <laughs> too many O's. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's too many. No, I'm going to say Roberto R- Ronaldo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Um, Francisco Silva. Oh. Francisco's a very beautiful name. It I is. like that name. It's very nice. Russia. Mm. There are a few hockey players named Alexander. Okay. Ovechkin, you know, so play. So yeah. I'm going to say, oh, no, I keep on doing the rhyming thing. Alexander Anisimov is what I'm going to say. There's okay. a lot of Anisimovs so in the NHL. you got part of it right. Okay. Alexander Kay. is correct. Is that like an Alexander the Great thing? Was he Russian? No, probably no, not. No, he was not. He was Macedonian. Um, <laughs> Ivanova. I- Ivanova? Ivanova? I- Ivanova? Alexander Ivanova. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Greece. Greece. Okay. Greek celebrities I know are Zach Galifianakis, George Strombolopoulos. <laughs> I'm going to just smash them together as Zach Strombolopoulos. <laughs> okay. So don't get me for the, the, the saying of this last name. I'm going to try my best. Okay. It's, uh, well, it's Georgios. Papa, Papa, okay, wait. <laughs> Hold on. I feel like I'm right. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Yeah. Okay. Or is it Papadopoulos? Papadopoulos. I read it too fast. We, we, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> I have lots of trouble. <laughs> I think Zach Strombolopoulos was probably close, but. Yeah, the only way I could, like, know for George Strompolopoulos, like the actual person, is when he said his name. Like that. Otherwise, I would never have been able to really say his name. Yeah. Like, well, when he did it helped. When he did his TV show, they just called it Strombo Tonight because I'm sure there were like a lot of people who, unless they hear you say it, they might not. Can you spell Strompolopoulos? Strompolopoulos? Can you say it? Strompolopoulos. Right? Sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Strombo, S T R O M B O. Strombo. B O L O. Plus P O U L S. I literally don't have it in front of me, so I'm just. Oh, so you're just making me jump through hoops over Mm -hmm. here. Thank you. Yes, yes. For our fact checking mission on this, I did did do some deep diving. Uh, Lorenzo is the third most common given name in Italy. Oh, so Lorenzo. Bartoloni is actually that that's pretty close to the game we played. Yeah. They were like, what are here the, the mm-hmm. third most common given name? Let's just say Lorenzo. Yeah, like I'm and, and especially I'm sure they did their research for that specific area they as might well. Have found a lot of Lorenzo's. Yeah. So they're on their wild goose chase of the Lorenzos in <laughs> Italy. And um they're searching to no avail though. None of the men are her Lorenzo, and she's basing this off of his eyes. I mean, lots has changed in the last fifty years. Them now being 65. Just want to tell you that. They're now 65, Devin. They're not 75. And she, yeah, she's she's basing this off of his eyes. None of them are her Lorenzo. So they decide to go to Siena because Siena, I think there's a little bit more Lorenzos around that place. And so they go there for a few days. And you start to kind of see Charlie warm up a little bit. Yeah. Char- and we, we get a little bit of a backstory on yes. both Sophie and Charlie. Correct. So Claire explains to Sophie... Um, Charlie's parents passed away in a car crash when he was a child. She, Claire, essentially raised him as her own. Um, and we also learn that Sophie's mom uh, left, left their fa- like she only was raised by a father because her mom left. So we learn a little bit about, you know, Charlie's obviously extremely protective over Claire. That's why he thinks this is a horrible idea and he <laughs> despises the fact that Sophie yes. sent the letter and he's really annoyed that we're here. But yeah. it's all just like he's trying to protect her. Um, but he is starting to warm up to Sophie. Yeah, and I think Claire also kind of dives into that um, Charlie is very much like her uh, late husband, and He's if very both pragmatic. of them, yes, and if both of them raised, you know, Charlie, we kind of get that glimpse into Charlie's life that 
you know, maybe he was very similar to his grandfather and very close to his grandfather. And so there's there's a point where Charlie asks Sophie if if he can read her work and she says, no, 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 absolutely not. not absolutely not. But then she does give him a glimpse into her journal. And this is kind of when they do some sightseeing. Claire wants to take the morning off, just hang out and sleep in, take it easy. And so Charlie and Sophie go sightseeing in Siena. And Charlie reads what she's written so far and is surprised but loves it. Your writing is really good. Thank you. No, it's really, really, really good. Why are you so surprised? How come you've never shown your work to anyone? I never feel like it's finished. Why? Because I guess I'm a perfectionist. You know, that's just another way of saying I'm a chicken. Wait. God, that's so annoying. <laughs> yes. And especially, you know what, I, I hate... I hate that, especially when it comes to creativity. And a similar concept was in that Netflix. Set it up. Where the main female protagonist was like, I haven't writ fully written a story because I just, I never actually finished them. So annoying, man. Like, like, you know, my day job is very creative. You know, there's a lot of writing that goes to it. And in college, I feel like everybody in college was that, that way. Like, just, you know, finishing one big thing was such like, Man, it was such an accomplishment. It was so monumental. But when you actually get in the industry, it's like that's every day. Like what it took me to do one week in college, <laughs> that is 30 minutes, the start of my day, you know, like so the whole, oh, I haven't finished an article because I just, I can't seem to finish it. Dude, you better learn how to finish it. Like that's going to be your life. That's your career. You got to finish this stuff. I'm not sh saying she's not good at what she's doing, but I agree with Charlie. Like I think maybe you're scared of yeah. The failing. ridicule or the criticism or something like this. And failing. A lot you just got to do it. You just got to do it. You got to churn it out almost. Yeah. I think well, I think a lot of people use it maybe as an excuse to not, like you said, finish a product and fail. Because the only way you learn is if you fail. 100%. Because if you did everything perfect all, every single time, then you wouldn't understand how to make it even better. But I just think a lot of romantic comedies, they, make, they, they try to make these creative storylines very compelling where it's like, oh, she... She hasn't finished a full article. <laughs> That's completely inaccurate. You finish many things and you you get edited on them and you get criticized on them. And that's the only way you get better at it. So people who are actually going to be good at this are the ones who are churning out content constantly. Well, it's almost like she wants to be a writer, but you're still a fact checker because you literally haven't written anything. Right. Yet. You got to finish how an article. You, yeah. How can you be a writer if you don't finish anything or you don't actually write? And lo and behold, she finishes this article, <laughs> spoiler alert, and it gets published right away. Like, oh, yeah, you just do, do, do this that. This is brilliant. Oh, my God. We love it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's front page stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they so Charlie and Sophie start spending more time together and you can kind of see that they're starting to fall for each other. But again, the the part that's kind of missing in this movie is the epic love story piece like you you kind of can guess that they're starting to fall for each other or that they're starting to get closer but Sophie kind of keeps her distance of course because she has a fiance well, I was gonna say let's not forget about totally, Victor totally, who I currently know. at the time is at a wine auction oh my god just somewhere else living his best life without her can, can I actually backtrack to the beginning of the movie for sure so they get to Verona mm-hmm and yeah. Victor brings her on a wine tour and he brings her to a few different places to kick off their honeymoon. Cheese place, an olive oil place, yeah. How is it possible that he managed to make wine touring not sexy? Like, what did... That's I find really wine touring point. to be the most fun. I know. Wine, wine touring is wonderful. Oh, my God, it's so much fun. And it they is. teed it up to start the movie as like, oh, here's Victor again going on another wine tour. Like, all the other stuff would be really annoying to me, but an actual wine tour? <laughs> In Verona? Well, yeah. it's true. And you know what? Like, I've been on, like, a, a port tour when I was in Portugal, oh, in the Porto so Valley. Yeah, cool. in the Douro Valley. And part of that tour that we went on, um, like, it was a day trip, was actually we went to an olive oil farm. Oh, cool. And we got to try some olive oil. I got to bring it back. And it was phenomenal. Like, the best olive oil. Actually, I think I brought your mom back some. Oh, yeah. And You brought back some port as well. I did, yes. It was wonderful. But it was fun. I don't know how that wasn't fun for them. Yeah, and I get that they're really teeing it up. Like, yes, he is self-absorbed. He's doing the things that he wants to do. Well, yeah. But I was watching, like, okay, I get that. But, like, a wine tour is still it's, fun. Yeah, it's day one. <laughs> Come it's on. It's not like it's day 36 and you've done this every single day since you've been here. Yeah, but but the fact is is that Victor's gone off the deep end. He's at a friggin' wine auction. That he could only... That Some he, other city. Yeah, that he could only get one ticket to. And he makes like a point to say, like, I guess I could try to get one ticket 
or two tickets to this wine auction, but really I can only get one. And well, it's, it's like, such BS because he was invited to it. Like, yeah, you can get two, dude. Like, yeah, you like, were invited. Jerkus, for sure. And this has opened the door for Charlie, well, for Sophie to go on this journey with Claire and Charlie. Charlie, they start warming up together. Totally. There's some cute moments where they, you know, do the cliche pushing gelato into each other's faces and stuff. Oh my stuff. god, I forgot about that. Which okay, the last few rom-coms that we've seen, you know how like um the one of the rom-com tropes is like, you know, a pillow fight or like throwing paint on each other or throwing flour while you're baking or like whatever. Oh my god. We haven't seen this trope in a long time. The ice cream in the face trope. The ice cream in the face trope. Yeah. Yes. Not to be confused with the <laughs> cake in the face trope. Completely different. That's Correct. Different vibe, different setting. It's all Different food. Yeah. <laughs> different food group. That's yeah. really what counts. Exactly. One's dairy. The other. Well, I guess cake. Yeah, no. Flour. That's a baked good. Totally. <laughs> so okay. What I have next though is that when they get really, really close, and I did find this really, really sweet. And this was almost my best scene was when they were lying in the grass. In they're still in Siena, and uh, at their hotel. And Charlie's lying there, just looking up at the stars. And Sophie joins him there and they say a poem and they kiss they do kiss i didn't like it was funny because i honestly didn't think that they were going to kiss because i was like their their love story hasn't blossomed quite yet that far right so when they kissed i was like oh they're kissing no <laughs> you didn't see that okay. coming i did but they kind of telegraphed it. No, no, no. I know, but like it's almost like they hadn't their their love hadn't blossomed quite enough yet for me to believe that they would have kissed at that point. Okay, got it. I don't know if you thought that, but that's what I thought. So the next day, they wake up. They head back to Verona. the The, the time has run out. It's Friday. This is what they've given. You know, this is their time in. This is their time in Italy. They have not found Lorenzo. As they're driving, they stop off at a vineyard that Claire wants to go to. She's like, let's turn here. I've been here before. It's lovely. It's wonderful. So as they're driving in on the long driveway, she yells, stop the car, because there is a man in the fields picking grapes. Who, a young man. A young man who is picking grapes, who is Lorenzo. She is convinced that is Lorenzo, which like I think brings her back to 15-year-old Claire. Yeah, because he's obviously like 50 years too young. He's yes. probably like a... Like a like an eighteen year old guy, would, maybe. Yeah, I would say that. And it it the funniest part though. Well, so Sophie approaches the guy <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, we're looking for a Lorenzo Bartolini," and he says, "See, I like am. I am Lorenzo Bartolini." And <laughs> Charlie comes up. He's like, "Hold on, I'm so confused." But like, clearly, <laughs> clearly, we're onto something here. Yeah. You know, is there another Lorenzo? Like, who's your father? And this other guy shows up. He's like, "I am Lorenzo Bartolini." <laughs> And he's like, that guy's maybe like in his 40s. Yeah. Not quite old enough yet, though. Yeah. And Claire is starting to realize she's like, oh, my God. And they're like, is there another, like, a third Lorenzo Bartolini? And they're like, yeah, like, he's off riding right now. Do you want us to go get him or whatever? And Claire's like, Claire starts freaking it. Nana, 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 Lorenzo is here. He's out riding, but he's going to be back any minute. Well, then let's go before he comes back. Nana, we've come all this way. Come on. I've been ridiculous. I've been completely ridiculous. I, he knew me when I was 15 years old. A girl. Uh, that girl's gone. She does. She really, really is like, oh, my God, I'm in too deep. Like, let's pull the shoot. Well, I think she's realizing all the things that Charlie knew in that there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. Totally. Lorenzo could hate her. He could. Well, I mean, clearly he has children and grandchildren. So obviously he lived a life with without her. So is he still going to have a wife? Is he all these other things? And then this is my best scene right here. Okay. Is it your best scene? It's not. Oh. You cried at this scene? The reveal of the actual Lorenzo Bartolini. Okay, just hold on. You cried at this scene? We built this guy up so much. Okay. Multiple times. You even said it. Claire would remark, mm -hmm. this Lorenzo, he doesn't have his eyes. So I thought, oh. What is the actual <laughs> Lorenzo going to look like? Because there there have been some charming looking Lorenzos before. Yeah. They picked such a guy to play the actual Lorenzo Bartolini. He looked great for an old guy. And he actually did have the eyes. I was like, wow. You know, he gets off the horse. The he horse was a nice touch. He looks kind of stern. Oh, man. It really gave mm -hmm. like he's a powerful man. Yeah. yeah. Owns a vineyard. And he's walking towards her. And he says her <laughs> name. Claire? 
so many years. Yes. Fifty. Right away. Oh, because that was a thing of like, and, and this was a week warning. I'm crying he, a little bit right now. I was just right about now. to say he's crying Ooh. right now. Ooh, yeah, man. he's tearing up. Yeah. God, give me a sec. This is him. Because there was also a thing that Claire was really worried. You know, this happened 50 years ago. They yep. were 15. She's like, is he even going to remember me? And Charlie would yep. say that. Is he even going to remember you? So the fact that the first thing he says, Claire, oh. Oh my God! I know it, he remembered it was her. Very touching. After all these years, oh, I'm crying again. Oh God, Pull yourself together. Pull yourself Jesus. together. It okay. It was the cutest thing did ever. Did not cry at this they, moment. No, I didn't cry at this God, moment. You suck. I know. I'm sorry. But they reunited, and it was really the cutest thing. Oh man, it was adorable. He had them over. Uh, he had all of them: Charlie, Claire, and Sophie. Yep. For dinner, For dinner. Uh, we learned that his wife Rosa had passed away. Mm-hmm. And Claire's husband had obviously passed away. And, um, you know, he, he gives a nice speech about how, you know, clearly destiny had brought them back together to, again and all this stuff. So, wow, like, here we are. We, we've, and you're right, there is the love story between Charlie and Sophie, but really, in my mind, the compelling story was Claire trying to find Lorenzo. I agree. Ugh. It was kind of a needle in a haystack, really. Like, was she going to find him by the deadline of Friday when they had to return back to London? Yeah. So they're like reunited, they're in love, they're like walking through the vineyard, loving each other. And Charlie apologizes to Sophie for kissing her and she brushes it off and then rushes off to tell Claire that she's leaving. She's going to go back to Verona. She needs to get back to Victor. She kind of wants, she doesn't want to come to terms with her feelings for Charlie and wants to get out of there before she has to. She leaves. One of Lorenzo's sons drives her back to Verona and Claire says you know something about our family lets people go and doesn't chase after them or doesn't follow through you know with their feelings you need to go and get her because she is clearly the love of your life you you know you've grown so much during this time you need to go get her so he chases after her which I'm like yeah you go Charlie drives all the way to Verona love it when he arrives yeah he pulls onto the street of their their condo Which, or like, where, wherever how, they were staying. How did he know where she was staying? But anyway, That's a good point. <laughs> and then he witnesses yeah. Sophie and Victor reuniting, and they're they're out on their balcony, yes. and they're hugging. They're in an embrace, and Charlie defeated. He leaves. He drives away. He does only to find Sophie like five seconds later being told by Victor that he needed to go make another call or something like that. Oh yeah, like Victor and Sophie reunite. But Victor hasn't changed. No. It's clear Sophie has changed totally. over this journey. Yes. Victor is still like, oh, my God, my, my phone's ringing. I'm so sorry. I, I need to make this call. And he like yeah. hurries off. Um, and then we get back to New York. Mm-hmm. Sophie gave her editor, who, like, uh, I love him. I love that actor. He's in so much stuff. He I know is. What, all I know is, is that his first name is Oliver. But he's been in so many things. He is. Um, he's really good in Chicago Med. Oh, is Just he? I let you know I find he is the the practical stern politician character in oh, a lot of shows yeah, like yeah. he's always the one who hurries into the oval office and is like listen guys we we got to figure out the asteroid like what <laughs> you know oh like what are we doing about that thing guys i feel like he'd be really good in like when veep was on but as like more of like a serious character yeah serious but funny totally. but like a little bit scathing yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah great great yeah. um newspaper editor and he tells mm-hmm. her he reads the story and he kind of asks like okay like what happened to these people and Sophie says, I, I haven't kept up with them. That's the end of the story. Is it okay? And he's like, oh, it's great. I'll publish it tomorrow. And she's, she's like, really? Perplex. Like, she doesn't understand. She's like, that's it? That's all it, that's all it took for me to be a writer? You just got to write a freaking story. You just got to write. You, you got to finish write, the girl. story. Yeah, right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to run this. So she's super pumped. Runs off to Victor to tell him about it. And he's like, oh, babe, like, that's great. Like, like this so is a exciting. monumental moment for her. Yay. And he, he thinks it's pretty cool. Wow. But he hasn't even read her story. No, he hasn't read the story. He says, Which oh, no, I, I want to so see it on the stand. I want the wow factor of it. So unsupportive. He's lying. He's unsupportive. He's he's self-absorbed. And then he goes into the restaurant in the kitchen. And Sophie goes into the kitchen, and she's like, you know what? She lays it to him straight. This isn't working out. You know, we were away from each other during our honeymoon. 
and that was fine. Yeah. And he says, yeah, like it's it was okay for me, and she says, yeah, that's not fine. That it was fine. You know, that's not okay. We should we should be so in love that we can't possibly dare to not see each other. And this is after she got a letter at work mm. saying, like an invitation, that Claire and Lorenzo are getting married, Claire and, and she wants married. to go. She wants to go alone. She is does. what she tells him, and then she yes. breaks up with them. They mm-hmm. break off their engagement. Which, like, I yes, I would have done that same thing if I were in that instance for for Sophie. Like, she knows whether whether it's Charlie or not. You know, she knows that a life with Victor is not going to work. She doesn't want that. Yeah, no. exactly. So, you know what I find interesting? She never told Victor that they kissed. No, she didn't. Mm. Did she have to? Great question. Do you think she should have? I think she knew in that instance, even in back in Siena. This is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like Victor and Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think she knew. Which, it doesn't make it right that she did it while she was still with Victor. Like, don't get me wrong. But, um, but I think that was like. The, what sealed the deal like I think she knew and that's why she wanted to leave to go back for, to Verona because she needed to see if her feelings for Victor were still truly there and they weren't it just took her like to muster up the courage of seeing Claire and Lorenzo getting married in true love finding its way you know even 50 years later to think make you it need through to see true love to know true love maybe yeah so then she travels back to Italy for she this does. wedding it's she so arrives cute. Charlie is there, and they, oh, my God, like, you can, you can feel it a little bit. You can. There's some chemistry here. At this point, I'm like, okay, they are, like, there is something there. Like, okay, this is, this is a love story. I like it. And then, and th- there is, this is brought up once during the movie, that he used to date this woman named Patricia. Yes. So oh we got Sophia, uh, Sophie here. We got Charlie here. They're <laughs> reconnecting, and then in pops a Patricia. Patricia. And that completely deflates Sophie. Oh, does it ever. Yeah. So she's like, okay, like, I'm just going to go and, and enjoy the wedding. So, you know, the ceremony happens. The reception happens. Is this your best scene coming up here? It is. Yes. This was close to mine. Oh, my God. Okay. So they're doing speeches. Lorenzo yeah. does his speech. And then, you know, Lorenzo says, okay, Claire, do you want to do your speech? Claire gets up and does her speech. Her speech is reading the reply that Sophie sent Claire 50 years later. Dear Claire, what and if are two words as non-threatening as words can be, but put them together side by side and they have the power to haunt you for the rest of your life. What if, what if, what if, I don't know how your story ended, but if what you felt then was true love, then it's never too late. If it was true then, why wouldn't it be true now? You need only the courage to follow your heart. Oh my God, I I cried. Yeah, this was my other week. Oh my God. I didn't think it was gonna get me either. Me neither, I was like, okay, like let's listen to it. But I was like, oh my God, like, and I was like, I was crying. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is so touching. Like, holy shit. I, I, you know what? I, I started crying because I honestly thought, how friggin' cheesy for them to, okay, great, that she's going to read the letter. Yeah. Of course. Somebody had to read the letter because we never actually saw the letter, right? Like This is true. We never saw the reply. I'm happy that they did that first full circle. So we got a nice big reveal. Sophie mm-hmm. writes the letter. Charlie shows up with the letter. He's pissed about the letter. <laughs> the, the whole movie, we don't know what was written. Charlie even says, like, it was a beautiful letter. But why would you do that? He's pissed yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> so now finally we're getting to hear what the letter is. And it's a beautiful it letter. It is. Oh, my God. And Sophie just can't handle it because she knows she loves Charlie in that way that Claire loves Lorenzo. Yeah. So she leaves. Charlie runs after her, finally. Yeah. And finds her on a balcony. Of course, we have to do a Romeo and Juliet balcony. Yeah. I mean, like, really, where else? And she says she would have realized her feelings for him sooner, but her and Victor, you know, they're not together anymore. And she has finally realized she does, you know, part of the reason they're not together is because she realized her feelings for Charlie. But she's too late because you're back with Patricia. And Charlie says, oh, no, that's my cousin. She also tells she also tells him that she she's in love with him. Yes, she does. But yes, there was a massive miscommunication where there's more than one Patricia. Oh, my God. Which like 
this Patricia is your cousin. But what? Which, Charlie, be clear about that. <gasps> oh, You talked man. about your ex being a Patricia, and now there's another Patricia here. Don't show up to a wedding with a Patricia? Yeah. If it's not the one you used to date? So then, so then Sophie comes down from the balcony. Or actually, Charlie tries to climb up. He falls. She comes down to see him. Yes. And then they have one of those big grand romantic monologues you live in new york which is highly overrated but since the atlantic ocean is a bit wide to cross every day swimming boating or flying i suggest we flip for it what are you saying and if those terms are unacceptable leaving london will be a pleasure as long as you're waiting for me on the other side okay Ooh, I'm tearing up again saying that. This wow. was another weep warning for me. God, this was not a weep warning for me, oh, but now it is. It was. Bit. It was a good speech, wow. and I oh. loved it. This was my next best scene God. because I, I, I actually was like, which one do I choose? But then I was like, no, that letter, that letter was like totally melts worthy, and but that speech that he gave, like I have to say, that's a that was very well written. That was got to be like that's got to be like high up there in the monologues for a rom-com. I find there are some rom-com clichés that I absolutely despise unless you genuinely do it really well. Yeah. And that speech I'm like, ah, like some of the lines were very cliché and then it's like some of them though, like I know I know it's going to be cheesy. Yeah. But I still love it though. And I, I, I love it despite the cheesiness. Totally. The cheese, I mean, I'm all about the cheese. You are Smother about the that cheese. cheese on yeah. there. I love it. And that's our movie. That is. I I actually really liked it. It was it was so sweet. And it's such a good love movie. It is a good love movie. Yeah, like the love story between Charlie and Sophie, we we did wrap it up at the end. Lorenzo and Claire. It, it was a good it was a good journey is what mm-hmm. I'll say. It was a nice adventure that ended with a nice love story. Yeah. Quick facts. Quick facts. Not only are Vanessa Redgrave and Marco Nero married in real life, but they played the famous lovers Lancelot and Guinevere in Camelot in 1967. Franco Nero and Vanessa Redgrave broke up, married other people, and reunited and married in real life. What? Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Isn't that so cool? Juliet's secretaries really do exist. They're called the Juliet Club. And they volunteer to reply to the letters left in Verona, as well as organize events in honor of Romeo and Juliet. That's very cool. The hairbrushing scene was supposedly difficult for Vanessa Redgrave to film, uh, as the movie was made not long after the death of her daughter, Natasha Richardson. The part of Claire had particular resonance for Vanessa Redgrave, as she, too, had traveled to Italy as a younger girl and stayed for a period of time, much like her character. This is the second time Amanda Seyfried has played a character named Sophie in arguably two of her most prominent roles. It was also her character's name in Mamma Mia. Most of the noodles seen hanging in Gail Garcia Bernal's kitchen at the beginning are actually rubber bands. <laughs> this movie was shot over a period of four months in Italy and largely shot in sequence. Cool. Brown University is virtually unknown outside of the U.S., so Sophie's attempt to explain her background by saying, I went to Brown, would most likely require further expona- explanation in Europe. I actually thought about that. I She's know, like, I too. went to Brown, and I'm like, do they know what Brown is? <laughs> yeah, I was like, cool. <laughs> I mean, we know, but yeah, right, in Canada, we, know, we do but like know. In but in Italy, yeah. you know, think about, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know all the universities in Italy. They're not going to know all the universities here, right? So. Very true. There are a total of 13 Lorenzo Bartolinis in this movie, including the deceased one, the son of the son and the grandson of Claire's lover. Chris Egan, playing Charlie, is Australian and not British. Oh. Vanessa Redgrave and Gail Garcia Bernal both attended the Central School of Speech and Drama t- to study acting, Redgrave in 1954 and Garcia Bernal in 1998. Vanessa Redgrave and Franco Nero also starred in A Quiet Day in the Country from the late 60s. The idea for the movie was inspired by the 2006 nonfiction book Letters to Juliet by Lees Friedman and Seal Friedman, which chronicles the phenomenon of letter writing to William Shakespeare's most famous romantic heroine. Ashley Lilly, uh, who plays Cousin Patricia, is Amanda Seyfried's best friend and also appeared with her in Mamma Mia. Honorable mentions. Okay, my honorable mentions are Juliet's secretaries, because without them, <laughs> the story wouldn't have happened. We would never have this plot. Uh, on both sides, we'd never have both love stories. You're a hundred percent right. The the story of Claire looking for Lorenzo and also Charlie and Sophie, none of them would have met without the secretaries of Juliet. Exactly. You're right. Exactly, they're crucial. 
my honorable mention, you kind of mentioned it in the quick facts, I want to honorably mention all of the Lorenzo Bartolinis. <laughs> we meet so many of them, and they're all so different. We have an angry Lorenzo Bartolini who hates Claire inexplicably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a suave Lorenzo. I thought he was the one. He was kind of hitting on her yeah, a little bit. Yeah, big time. Uh, there was a blind Lorenzo. There was a dead Lorenzo. There was a son Lorenzo. There was another son Lorenzo. There were a lot of Lorenzo Bartolinis that we got to meet. 13 total. 13 total. Didn't know that. I must have missed a few, actually. Um, yeah, I enjoyed meeting all the Lorenzos until we got to the actual one with the eyes. What should have been? Okay, so my what should have been, I don't know if you remember this, but when Claire is talking about their summer spent in Italy and when she met Lorenzo and yeah. how they would go and they have this special tree where they used to meet under. Okay. They should have got, like, they should have gone to the vineyard, found the grandson Lorenzo, found the son Lorenzo, and then they told, they would tell Claire, um, oh, my grandfather went for a ride on horseback. And right away, Claire would know where he where went he on is. horseback. He's at the tree. Yes. And then oh. they go there and she sees him under the tree. And that's how she knows that that is her Lorenzo. Oh. And he, she walks up to him and sees his eyes. And she knows 100% that that is him. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Or they should have done the wedding ceremony at the tree, maybe. Yes. Just like a oh quaint my God. outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I found that was a missed opportunity, you sure. know? I like it. Wow. Uh, my what should have been is a little bit different. It's kind of after the movie, who should end up where. Okay. Because I think Victor should end up with someone. And I think it's very clear who oh, he Victor. should end up with. Oh, who? It's clear. I, it's, it's not clear to me. He lives in New York City. Okay. Right? Yeah. He so so this significant other needs to love food and indulgences, mm -hmm. but he also wants to be left to his own devices. So she needs to be cool with that. He's gonna be busy, you know, doing his own thing with the restaurant and stuff. But he's extremely passionate when they're together. Mm -hmm. Also in New York City is Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. Oh my God, she's older. <laughs> she is sure, perfect. But but is she not a little bit perfect? Right. Oh my God, she's perfect. Wow. I think she would love to, uh, you know, oh, my God, Victor, you know, my younger restaurant oh entrepreneur. Oh, my gosh. Boyfriend. Yes. And he's so passionate and lively. And, yeah, I think I think that would work. I think that's perfect because, like, when they're together, they're, like, extremely into each other. And then when they're not, they're living, like, and not living go, their like, own five lives. Days but not like, each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. And overall rewatchability. So my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry. 2.3. Wasn't totally feeling it all the time. D I feel like there are two chemistries. There's Claire and Lorenzo chemistry. Love that. Charlie Sophie leaves a little bit to be desired. So 2.3. Storyline's a 4.5, though. Thirst Factor is honestly a 2. Imagination's a 4.5, though. Soundtrack's a 4. Cheese, 2.2. Didn't love it. Wow, like I feel like you're all over the map. No, it, this is a very divisive movie in the mm -hmm. heart of Devon. For an overall score of 3.25 out of 5. Okay, so you liked the soundtrack? Uh, I thought it was like it was culturally, you know, Italian. There was a lot of that going on. So I'm like, ah, oh, this, this is good. I liked it. It, yeah, it yeah. immersed you a little bit it in did. the setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mine is Chemistry 3.5, Storyline 4, Thirst Factor 4, Imagination 3.5, Soundtrack 2. Cheese 5 for an overall score of 3.66. We have completely opposite scores on this. Yes. Also, your, your, idea, your idea of cheese is... Do like we need a seminar on cheese here? Yeah, that we makes do. Sense. We do. I need to understand your thirst factor. That's I need to, you need to understand how we do cheese. <laughs> okay, listen. But I know we, a lot but, about cheese, Sarah. We're all learning, you know? <laughs> we're all learning. <laughs> cheese kind of sore. <laughs> this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Letters to Juliet. Make sure if you're listening to us on Spotify, throw us a follow, subscribe on the podcast, leave some reviews. Um, and if you want to reach out, at Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.